Ciao. You're listening to Ed Up Insights, where you'll get my take on higher education. I'm Bill Pepitello, former president of University of Phoenix and higher ed vagabond. So let's get started. Well, there's been a lot of talk recently about the extent to which college or university study is really necessary in the United States. And the controversies engendered by the recent Supreme Court decisions on affirmative action and loan forgiveness raise a very interesting proposition for higher education to consider. You know, some studies continue to claim that a college degree is, quote, unquote, worth it. But what that means is not always exactly clear. Some say it means that uh, improved lifetime earnings uh, exist for degree holders. But there's not always a clear connection between the degree and the money. I mean, is it causal or is it just correlational? Does one lead to the other or did things just sort of sometimes happen? Not necessarily in a cause and effect relationship. So what we really are asking here is what impact does the degree have in the long run for citizens? Now, Condoleezza Rice recently addressed in Forbes this debate over whether or not a college degree is still necessary for a good job in the United States and whether it will be in the future. And is in fact the degree losing its power? Now, Recent research, as I said, claims that a college degree is still worth, worth the investment. But again, more and more companies, including places like Google and Apple, are eliminating degree requirements when hiring some candidates. And leaders ranging from the CEOs of Delta and Nielsen to state governors have recently touted the merits of skill-based hiring arguing that it can help diversify candidate pools and even act as a salve to the ongoing labor shortage. So how do these two sets of facts mesh? No comprendo. Now, Dr. Rice said many people are better off for a wide range of reasons, earning a two-year associate's degree followed by on-the-job training at a company that will ensure a role after completion of that training. That could prevent many people from joining the trillions in student loan debt that American borrowers owe. It's also a mutually beneficial arrangement, obviously. So migrating away from compulsory degree requirements could help companies expand their potential applicant pools, which helps untraditional candidates and would be sorely needed to combat a talent shortage. So in this case, I'd say, think about the credential engine model, and I'll circle back on that. Now, alongside options for non-degree holders to advance their careers, now Rice added, Workers should also have the ability to decide after some time on the job that they'd benefit from returning to school and earning their degree or another credential on a full or part-time basis. Again, think credential engine. And again, I'll come back to that. Now, with the possibilities for remote learning, uh, Rice says, she thinks that's another big opportunity. 
And basically what she's saying is we just need to rethink the whole scope of possibilities and not just the possibilities I would add to that, but how we access those possibilities. Now, Rice is supportive skills-based hiring, particularly given her appointment at Stanford and the deep ties with the government, adds legitimacy to uh, what she is saying and what has been, uh, one could argue, a burgeoning trend among some of the nation's most powerful executives, as I just cited. Non-degree holding hires performed just as well at IBM as did those with PhDs, former IBM CEO Ginny Rometty previously told Fortune magazine. And General Motors removed degree requirements from many of its listings because as its chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer also told Fortune, degrees aren't necessarily the be-all, end-all indicator of someone's potential. Now, adopting a skills-first mentality uh, could be bosses only hope of surviving a shaky economy, says the CEO of LinkedIn. Now, he says, if we had just taken a view on what are the skills necessary, who has those skills, how we can help them acquire a couple of skills to help them become employed, we would have found ourselves in a much more efficient labor market than we have today. It's an interesting take. Now, it hasn't taken long for support of what uh, IBM has called new-collar jobs to make its way out to the private sector. Earlier this year, Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro joined this trend with his first executive order in which he nixed degree requirements from 92% of Commonwealth jobs. Other states, I would say, uh, have followed suit, but they actually were in line before Pennsylvania and have also similarly removed these kinds of requirements. Now, in a recent opinion piece uh, in Inside Higher Education, John Warner said that he's open to the idea that too many people are going to college. And by college, he means four-year degree programs. On the flip side, he thinks that just about everyone would benefit from some form of post-secondary education or training that fits their interests and skills and ideally would be subsidized, possibly even free, through the public coffers. Again, this is free college. This is not a new idea, but he's put this together in a, in a nice package. Now, this also sounds somewhat in line with what Condoleezza Rice was saying. Now, in Reason Magazine, I had not heard of previously, but I looked at it. It's apparently a libertarian magazine, but that's neither here nor there. A recent college graduate opines that because only about one quarter of takers of the ACT meet the exam's college readiness benchmarks, but 60% of recent high school graduates enroll in college, this person says there's a disconnect between those who are capable of going to college and those who actually attend. This person suggests that some significant portion of this group does not necessarily want to attend college, but does so begrudgingly because they've been told it's their only route to increased prosperity. 
Now, I'm not sure I agree with the logic all around in this argument, but I do agree with, uh, with the conclusion, which is that some people go to college because they think they need to go to college. And a lot of these people, uh, from my experience at University of Phoenix, fail because they're, they're not ready. They don't know what they want to do. And a lot of those people re-enter uh, higher education through either community colleges or for-profit uh, institutions that will help those kinds of students. So in short, it's been said many times, many ways that the value of a bachelor's degree is to really more than, than provide content is to demonstrate discipline, perseverance, and the graduates will thus be good employees. And I've heard uh, employers tell me that many times over the years. However, what, what Rice is saying, along with others, is that maybe just letting people be good employees is a, a simpler uh, solution to this issue. Now, we can't guarantee outcomes from higher education. And we probably can't even level the playing field to take away the unearned advantages of the offspring of the wealthy, privilege. But we can consider what kinds of experiences can help shape the lives of everyone who desires and deserves more education. And we can direct our shared resources to making those experiences as broadly available as possible. So now I come back to the credential engine model, because some of you who don't listen to me regularly are saying, what the heck is that? Well, I invite you to listen to episode 32 of uh, Higher Ed Insights, where I discuss the credential engine model at, uh, at length. But essentially, it's a compilation of all sorts of credentials, from short-term training to certificates, to degrees at all level. And it's not limited by geography or grade level. You don't need a test to access the information and it doesn't tell students what to do or where to, uh, where to go, but it tells you what is available. And it will also tell us if we watch how students would use it, how to revamp higher education by watching students pick their individual pathways to success. And ultimately, something like the credential engine model will help identify multiple pathways to success without any judgment on the steps taken along those pathways. That is, it will give equal weighting to all sorts of credentials from various kinds of training to degrees. Now, then with any luck, higher education will figure out how to adapt from what students are telling it, it they want and need and adapt accordingly, thereby changing much of the structure of how we deliver higher education today. And if they listen to what the students are saying, I think higher education can transform in very valuable ways or die.
Anyway, enough of the soapbox for today. And with that, I'll invite you to listen to the next exciting episode. Ciao.